0: Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to another Tough Truth Podcast. I'm Mr. Jonathan Edward Wright. I'm so pleased to be with you on this Sunday. It's been a couple weeks. I've been away for a couple of weeks. And uh, I've made a decision I'm going to start doing these podcasts on a bi-weekly basis, uh, just based on my schedule now. Uh, I can put more, more time and effort into each message. Uh, it also gives individuals more time to be able to... Uh, go back and see the podcast on Facebook or listen to it on the various podcast distributors. It's also on YouTube and Rumble. So I prayed about it and God has led me to uh, make that decision to go to a bi-weekly podcast. So my next one will be two weeks from now and I believe it'll be on a Friday instead of a Sunday. I will put more information up on, on my Facebook page when that time comes. Today I'm going to talk about national corruption, national corruption. We see that every day in the news, we see it all around you. No matter what nation you're in, national corruption is everywhere. And I want to look at it from a biblical perspective, I want to look at uh, what the Bible teaches about it. And we're going to go back in history a little bit and just look, I'm just going to give you some nations and some civilizations. And, and, and what happened to them? For us to think that our particular nation, our particular country, is is invincible, and for for us, particularly us in the United States of America, if we we want to think that somehow, some way, you know, that we can just do what we want to do, ever how we want to do it. And go down this path that this country is going down without any retribution, without any judgment, without any uh, possibility of failure. Uh, we got another thing coming, according to Scripture, in history. Uh, we're fooling ourselves, unfortunately. Before I go into this, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask God that He'll anoint my words, He'll bring the ears to hear these words. Uh, whether it's on Facebook Live, it's on uh, it's on the audio podcast, it's later on Facebook Live, uh, or YouTube or Rumble, whatever means it may be. I just pray that God will bring those individuals across this message that need to hear it in Jesus' name. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and just believe that God's presence will be here and he'll give me the words to speak and he'll help me to teach this in a proper way under the right attitude, under the right spirit, in Jesus' name. Father, I just come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. I just thank you for this beautiful day. It's cold in Ohio, in the United States of America, but it's sun's out. It could be so much worse, Lord. So we just, I just thank you for the beautiful day you've given us. I thank you for the move of the Spirit, God, that happened in my local body and the move of the Spirit that's happened in other churches across this country, Lord individual's hearts across this country and across the world, Lord. I just ask God that you anoint my words now. Give me the wisdom, give me the spirit, God, to speak according to your direction, according to your knowledge. I yield myself as a willing vessel, God. Meet for the master's use and ask God for your presence to be here. And be with each and every one, God, that hears this podcast, sees this podcast, whenever they may see it, whenever they may hear it, God. May your presence be so rich and real. Your love be so rich and real. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Say hi to my sweetheart. She's tuning in from Cincinnati. Love you with all my heart, sweetie. Love you with all my heart. Talk about national corruption. National corruption. I want to use for a text Proverbs fourteen thirty four. Proverbs fourteen thirty four. This is a familiar passage. I mean, it's not like something that I, I mean. I believe many of you have heard this before. I know I've heard it quoted many times, but it's the truth. It's it's. Uh, it's revelation to us concerning the direction we're going, particularly in America as a country, and many of the nations across the world. It says in this verse, righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So, according to that verse, if we want our nation to be exalted, we want to be blessed, we have to honor God. We have to honor the Word of God. And unfortunately, we're not doing that anymore, particularly in the United States of America. And I know there's countries, there's folks watching me from other lands. That that's never been the case for the history of your, your country. <laughs> be socialism, communism... Uh, some type of Buddhism, uh, some type of foreign religion other than Christianity that you've had to yield to, uh, secular humanism, atheism, agnostic beliefs, whatever it may be. And the Bible teaches if we don't honor God and exalt righteousness, then the sin is going to corrupt our nation. That's what the Bible teaches. It's clearly within Scripture, and I want to I want to look at some examples of that. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day you've given us, God, this time together. I ask God that your presence be here in a mighty, mighty way. Sin brings shame to a nation. In Genesis 3, 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And why is that? Because they fell. They ate of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they became ashamed of themselves. And they hid. Sin brings shame. The Bible says the things that are done in darkness will be revealed in the light. And this country, it's there's many sins, there's many things that go on behind the closed doors, corrupt things. But there's a lot of them that are right out in the open, too, anymore. It's <laughs> the debaucheries all around us, and uh, God's not ignoring it there's a payday. I personally believe, this is my personal belief, and you can disagree with me or agree with me, I feel that what happened in the last presidential election in the United States of America happened because God's judging this nation. At some point, God takes his hands off. You know, he's kind of like a parent does with a Disobedient teenager, or whatever. At some point, you just take your hands off and say, Okay, you're going to have to learn your lesson. And I believe that's what God's doing in this country. He's taking his hands off and he's allowing folks to reap what they've sowed. And you say, Well, that's not fair. You know, I'm godly. I pray. I Get, a... get in scripture. You still, are, you know, as, as an individual on this planet, unfortunately, you're going to. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Unfortunately, we're going to go through some things as a Christian because we're here on a cursed planet and it's not always going to go our way and we're not always going to pray everything away. And our country is under judgment right now. Now that can change. That can change, but, you know, you think about the children of Israel when they wanted, you know, they wanted a king, you know. We want a king, we want a king, we want a king. king. Or when they took and uh, made the, you know, the golden calf. God let him do it; He didn't stop them. And I'm sure that there were some individuals and in, in, in and the monks of the children of Israel that didn't like what was going on, but unfortunately they were there in the midst of all of it, and God allowed it to play out. And that's what's going on in this country right now, and in this nation. Um, there will be an end time. There will be a time that that God will say, okay, you know, enough's enough. I'm not holding back. My spirit is not withholding back anymore. When that is, I don't know. How many times have we been close to that and the church has prayed and the church is, is, has, has uh, given in to the spirit and revelation of God and we've pushed it back. Pushed back that time. It says in the Bible that God is not willing that any man should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of repentance. So that's our mindset. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want our nation to be in ruin. I don't wanna see judgment on this planet. But if you read the Bible, and particularly the last book of the Bible, judgment is coming. Um, We're not here forever this planet's not going to stay in its condition and it is forever. We can't just pray it away. Um, we just have to ask God to, hey, help us get everyone in the ark <laughs> that you know is going to be saved. It says in the book of Acts, you know, after the Holy Spirit was poured out, you know, such, those were saved, such as should be saved. Those who God knew, he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It says in the book of Romans. So there'll be a a time. God will judge sin. Let's take a look at Jeremiah 51, 51. I don't know if I'm going to get through all this today or not. And if I don't, that's wonderful. I will just pick it back up in a couple weeks. I'm just going to go with God and let God use me and speak through me. In Jesus' name. It's nice to kind of control your own deal here you know I I control this podcast and when I want to talk and how long I want to talk and uh, allow God to just use me I don't have anybody uh, setting any stipulations on me so if we don't get through this today I'll pick it up in a couple weeks and we'll continue on with the subject Jeremiah 51 51 now we're talking about sin bringing shame to a nation we are confounded because we have heard reproach Shame have covered our faces, for strangers are coming to the sanctuaries of the Lord's house. So we see a pushing away of godliness. It refers to the Lord's house. Strangers have come into the Lord's house. The anointing has left and departed, and strangers have come into the house, and we're in shame. The Bible said, "Sin brings shame," and. The good gospel news is you don't have to stay in that shame. That's the good gospel news. God is a good God, and He will bring correction, and uh, He will bring His love into a situation. And I believe that Christ can can come into this nation in a mighty, mighty way, and we're going to see many, many souls touched. But It's going to be because of love, the love of Christ. It's not going to be because our politics are just right. I I am so sick of this mentality of thinking that somehow we're going to bring in revival and we're going to bring in the glory of God through natural ways. Like if we just get our politics right, if we just get so-and-so in the White House, If we just do this or we do that, if we just get enough people influential in certain areas of our culture, then revival will come. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach that at all. That's not how it happened in in the book of Acts. The preaching of the gospel, the demonstration of the gospel, the move of the Holy Ghost is what brought revival and renewal into a land. And It says in the book of Acts that they knew that they had been with Jesus based on how they spoke and how they talked and what they did. They didn't say they knew they had been with Jesus because of their political stance. And we're, we've gotten so far off the track in the church uh, with some of these things. And I was guilty of it for quite a while. Um, Jesus is not gonna share his glory with no one. No one, no man, no woman, no group, no church, no organization, no belief system. He is Lord and King of Kings. And I'm sorry, but the church has gotten off track. I didn't plan on going down this path right now, but I think I'll just continue going down it because it's in my heart. Um, we need to put Christ first, not a particular political stance. Uh, organization uh, something's wrong something's wrong when I said this you know, several months ago when you're worried about the American flag touching the ground but you throw your Bible in the back seat and step on it that's cultural worship it's worship of a country rather than Christ and I don't believe the Lord's pleased with it at all you can be patriotic, you can be proud of your nation, you can be proud of your city, proud of your family, but it can't take place of Christ. It can't become an idol. And I believe the church has made an idol out of some of these things, unfortunately. And the church has become corrupt in many ways, right along with the nation. And it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. Let's look at, I talked about sin bringing shame, let's look at sin-corrupting. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. You know, I I talk about this because, you know, I don't really give a hoot anymore. (laughs) We had individuals getting on Facebook, on very well-known websites... Claiming they were getting dreams and visions from God, speaking from the throne room of God Almighty, that so and so is going to be president and he's going to be in there, you know, consecutive terms and this and that and those and these. Did any of that happen? No, it did not happen. It wasn't God. These people are not speaking from the Spirit of the Lord. They're speaking from their own desires and from their own political and eschatological and theological positions. That's where they're speaking from. And nobody's calling any of it out. It's just, it's sad. And they just excuse it. Well, there sometimes prophets are wrong, sometimes sometimes you know, it's like is that what the Bible says? Is that the way the Bible tells us to have an attitude about these things? I mean, when you're getting in front of thousands of people and you're speaking and saying, thus saith the Lord. Where's your godly fear? Where's the fear of God in any of that? It's not It's not the spirit of the Lord, I can tell you that. And God's God, the Bible says in the last days, there's going to be a lot of false prophets, there's going to be a lot of false Christ. there's going to be a lot of people coming along that, that are going to mislead many. And unfortunately, I see it, and it's sad. It's crept into the church. It's crept into the church in a really bad way. And um, I just believe that God's going to have to correct it. I yield myself as a vessel, as a voice, and I pray that God raises up others to to get get the church back. I mean, we got to get back where we're supposed to be, man. We got to get back on track. We've gotten off way off yonderville and some things. It's shameful some of the things that people are teaching and preaching nowadays. Uh, it's just downright ridiculous. I'll get off my high horse. I just I don't know. And I start talking about in the nation and and corruption and politics and that type of thing. I mean, that's the first thing that comes up in me. It's just like Christians, I mean, it's just like so many people don't have enough common sense to see through some of these things. We need to follow the Spirit of the Lord and stop following hype. Oh, it makes me feel good. Well, bless, I mean, there's all kinds of things to make you feel good. That isn't a va- way to evaluate something. It makes me, well, there's a lot of people listening to it. That isn't a way to... There are all kinds of people going straight to hell. I mean, listening to all kinds of evil. That doesn't, that's not the way to evaluate something. It's a measure up to the God's word and the spirit of the Lord. That's, that's what you got to use. And unfortunately, so many people are just uh, succumbing to some just total absolute nonsense out there. I'm going to try to get back on my, my text here. <laughs> uh, I just yeah it just gets to me i just i it's just sad it's sad it's sad to see how many people are falling to pray to it let's look at first corinthians fifteen thirty-three. It says be not deceived evil communications or corrupt good manners now of course that's talking you know you think evil communications you think well speaking negatively uh behaving badly and you know, all uh and uh Using your mouth to kind of, to to reinforce someone's sin—absolutely the truth—but it's also saying that your behavior, not necessarily just your speech, your evil communi- communication can also mean your behavior, everything you do in life, how you handle yourself, how you handle your money, how you you know you handle your family matters. How you live your life, are you truly living your life like a Christian lives his life, or is it just all talk? Evil communication, evil communication corrupts good manners. So that's how, I'm trying to show you how how sin spreads, how sin, you know, how a nation becomes corrupt. And we're going to look at it here in a little bit, it starts with individuals. And uh, I can already see this is going to be this is going to be this is going to be another week of this. I'm going to in two weeks I'll be teaching some more of this because I'm not going to get through all of it today. The sin corrupts and it spreads. Let's look at Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. I want to welcome everyone that's joining me. I do have some individuals that I don't see that, you know, I can't see on the screen. They don't come up. They're not necessarily on my friends list. I'm so excited to have you here today. I pray that God ministers to you. That His, his word, his word, not, this, not me. His word ministers to you. The spirit of God ministers to you. He, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a creation that he's created. I am nothing without him. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So that's... We see how sin propagates or spreads. It starts with one, and it spreads to others. Um, the fact of the matter is, there's no such thing as individual like individual sin... Anytime you do something that's against the word of God, it affects someone else. It's like a domino effect. It's cause and effect the Bible talks, or the science talks about. The Bible says it's like seed, time, and harvest. We're back to that seed, time, and harvest concept, but it's it's so true. It propagates and spreads through individuals. And that's how a nation becomes corrupt. This country, has not gotten into the position that it's gotten into overnight. Somebody had a plan. And the plan was, okay, we'll infiltrate the schools and the colleges. And we'll write off one generation, but we'll get to the next one. And that's exactly what they've done. And then we will tell them that you know, all, your, all your children, they got to have to go to college to be anybody and they got to get a degree. And, and so you send your child off to college and if they don't have a solid biblical worldview and the knowledge of scripture and, and Lord Jesus living in their heart and, and a strong foundation, they're gonna to fall to peer pressure. They wanna be liked. And unfortunately in so many of our secular schools there's absolute garbage being taught socialism and Marxism secular humanism atheism that that man is ultimately his own God and we have control of everything and we have all the answers and if we just have enough time we'll figure it all out we'll, we'll, eventually this is what they believe eventually we'll just, we'll make it so mankind has lived forever and nobody will die. And then we'll start taking over other planets because the human mind is just the most powerful thing in the universe, their human brain. Which is absolutely ignorant to think that. But that's what they believe, folks. That's the progressive ideology that they're being taught. They don't need God. All they need is education science and to feel good. That's what they're being taught in these colleges and high schools. And so if we'll trade it into the young I mean the elementary school now. Just the craziness that's going on. It's sad. It's very sad. And as Christians we gotta get more involved. We gotta get more involved in our school systems and and we need more Christian teachers and and ultimately uh, if there's an alternative there's a there's a Christian particular church that I'm part of started up a Christian school and I'm going to tell you what that's going to blow up here in the next couple of years and I'm not talking about it in a bad way it's going to blow up that is going to be <laughs> a mighty move um, God's going to use the children to get to the parents that is such an awesome thing because people are seeing through Uh, the corruption, and the nastiness, and the the filth, and the garbage that's being taught their children. Who's trying to take over their minds? Um, Drag Queen Story Hour? I mean, seriously. Seriously. That's what we want to be as a nation. I mean, can you see the corruption? The devil in all this? It's sick thing. It's absolutely sickening when you start looking at it. So, so it said in Romans that sin propagates or spreads, and it goes from one person to the other. The first person to sin was, was, ultimately Adam and Eve. God looked at them both as Adam. And the Bible says, "In them we all sinned." And it spread, and the earth became cursed. So that's how national corruption takes place. Let's look at how sin destroys. Let's take a look at James chapter 1 and let's look at verse 15. I'm not trying to just be a doomsday prophet, doomsday teacher, whatever. Uh, There's a lot of good going on, trust me. There's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of mighty things that God's raising up. People are getting right with the Lord. Revival's taking place. Uh, The Spirit of God is here. The Bible says that that God will pour out His Spirit in the last days. And I don't want to be guilty of just talking negative all the time. But I, I think people need to realize what's going on. The craziness that's going on out there. If you don't already know about some of it, just research it a little bit. But it's so in our face anymore. I have a hard time believing that very many folks don't, uh, don't know. And we have to have a plan. We have to get smart. And we have to get involved. Sin destroys. James chapter 1, verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So ultimately... Sin brings forth destruction or death, and that's the end. That's the end of it. Um, you look at all the different uh, what I don't know what you want to call them. You want to call them popular sins, <laughs> common sins. They're all about death. When it comes right down to it, don't think that. That abortion is by accident. Don't you don't think that that it didn't all get started by accident. It there was an intent. There was an intent. Satan's all about death. Satan doesn't want human beings on this planet. He wants us all gone. He's all about death. He wants this planet back. He used to be in control of it at one time. And everything that he he influences and he gets involved in brings forth death according to scripture. He's nothing but black and darkness and death. You think about abortion and uh, how it got introduced into our country and in, in the United States and got introduced in other parts of the world. You know, promoted as a good thing in this country, ultimately, you start researching it, you're going to find out that there was racism involved in it. And it's sad. Extremely sad. That we think we can just, you know, take life and uh, just blink our eyes at it. Well, it wasn't convenient for me. Uh, so, so basically, what we do is we say, well, they are not here. They don't have a voice. They're not American. And I'm here, and I've been here longer. And I'm—I got to say so. And sorry about your luck. Bye. I mean, that's—that's that's what abortion is. I was here first. Survival of the fittest. You know. And so we're, we're basically become animals. We're no—we're no better than it. In fact, many of the animals are Don't even do that. And it's sad absolutely sad it's inconvenient to me you know as a woman to, to have to carry a child uh, I've got a career and you know and so on absolutely ridiculous thinking you said well you're a man you know I can the Bible says it don't matter whether I'm a man or a woman I can receive truth and I can know truth. don't have to be a woman. This ain't a, well, this is just a woman thing. If you're not a woman, you couldn't understand. I can know truth. The Bible says I can. And last time I knew it, it takes more than just a woman to produce that child. And all of a sudden the man doesn't mean anything anymore. So it's, 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 it's sad. It's absolutely sad what we've allowed to take over in this country. The mindset, the lack of, of uh, love for life. It's just incredibly sad. Let's look at what the Bible teaches are the three primary uh, aspects of the spirit of the world. spirit of the world. When I say spirit of the world, I'm talking about the sinfulness what has taken over the planet since the fall, that's what I'm referring to when I say spirit of the world. It's the mentality of an unregenerated person. It's the mentality of the way we are without Christ or without the word of God. Let's look at 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. You know, and I may not make any friends, you know, with some of the things I'm saying and I really don't care. Um I'm not here to make friends I'm here to speak the word of God and speak the truth of the word of God I um, gotta speak the truth it's not about making people feel good and it's not about uh, uh, kind of patting them on the back and, you know excusing things I gotta speak from the, from the word of God and from the spirit of God and I'm trying to not be mean I hope I'm not coming off uh, mean I'm just passionate Passionate about what I'm saying. And I think uh, some of us need to wake up. Wake up to the realities of the evil in the world and the corruption that's going on. First John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, okay, and now these are the three three points. These are the three elements of the spirit of the world. The lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world so if we're living our life according to these standards the lust of our flesh the lust of our eyes or the pride of life the bible says that we're corrupt and you look at everything around you that's what it's all about Get yours while you can, and can all you get. You have a right to this. You have a right to that. You got, you know, you need. You can be somebody. Ultimately, it ain't, It's not going to mean nothing if you're somebody in this world and you split hell wide open. It's not going to mean a thing. Your life is temporal. It's but a vapor. The Bible says. You're going to die. You may live to be very old or you may not you're not guaranteed one more breath and you don't know and you have no control over that whatsoever that's a sobering thought but we act like we do (laughs) we think we're invincible we're just going to be here we can just do whatever we want to do when we want to do it and and live our life anyhow we want to live it and, and there's no consequences to it what there is according to the bible according to the, of the word of god you say well that's your bible I, I don't believe it. ultimately it don't matter if you believe something's true or not if it's truth it doesn't you know <laughs> if it's truth it's true it's not gonna matter say, well, i don't believe in oxygen I don't believe, you know i don't believe in death well it happens anyway So, I mean, you can be in denial. Denial does not forfeit truth. You know, you can go ahead and go down that path, but you're going to have to receive the recompense of your reward, according to Scripture. And it's not going to be good, according to what the Bible teaches, and what I know to be true, because I've been down that path. I know what it is to screw up. Let's take a look at the first element of that spirit of the world. It's called the lust of the flesh. Let's look at Romans, Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Now we're talking about the spirit of the world. The main subject we're talking about is natural corruption. And I've went through how sin brings shame, sin corrupts, sin propagates or spreads, it destroys. And now we're looking at the spirit of the world. What's behind all this? What's driving all of it? What's driving the bus, so to speak? Romans chapter 7, verse 18. And we're dealing with the lust of the flesh. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, to, to will is present with me to do good. But how to perform that which is good I find not. So our flesh is naturally corrupt. We're, we're born into sin. We're born into a corrupt world. We're actually born with a corrupt body from the get-go. There's a certain point where in a human being's development where you you, you age up to a, you're, you're growing and then it starts going the other direction and you start slowly dying. You don't just keep on sorry uh, Shirley MacLaine and whoever else you don't just keep on metamorphosizing into higher spiritual beings and come back over life after life after life The well, Plow says it's pointed into man wants to die and then the judgment so the lust of the flesh we all have it we're all born with it and to will us to do we, we want to do good <laughs> but we can't naturally do it on our own without help without the help of christ without the holy spirit without the word of god we are unable to do it on our own and that's such a that's such a powerful uh, aspect and truth that we need him see god's never going to create a world create something in you that you're not going to need him He's never going to let you get so comfortable, so high and mighty, and so confident in your own abilities that you don't need him. And when you do, when you get into that position that you don't think you need God, he he'll knock you down a few pegs. He'll let you get the recompense of your reward. He'll let you, as, this, as I said earlier, this country. Okay, you want this? You want that leader? You want this? This is what you want? Okay, you got it. Have at it. And God's like, okay, I'm going to take care of my own. I'm going to bless those who bless me. Curse those who curse me. Those who are remnant, that, that are saved, that are that are in the ark, I'll take care of them in the midst of this flooding. I'll take care of them in the midst of all this evil. And that's exactly what God's doing. He's blessing those who, who who walk uprightly, right in the midst of the evil, right in the midst of the craziness god will take care of you those who are living ungodly might be coming apart at the seams uh it's just like the COVID thing you know the whole time I, I, it, it was just me personally and it, it, it hit close to home i don't get me wrong i i've seen some things but the whole time i'm like why are christians reacting the way they're reacting about this uh, uh you know, just last week we were up there praying over somebody with cancer. But all of a sudden, you know, COVID is going to take us all out. And we're all operating in fear and throwing masks on and, you know, drinking hand sanitizer. And, and oh, my gosh, we can't go to church anymore. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what is going on here? We're operating in the spirit of the world, the spirit of the fear. of fear. You got to be smart. But, yeah, we, we, a lot of us got conned. Straight up, we got conned. And uh, I just, the whole time, I just never did understand some of the reactions that I was seeing, particularly from church folk. It just seemed a little confusing to me. God's bigger than cancer, but oh my gosh, this Chinese virus, we better all just run and hide underneath a death somewhere and, and pray for the end. <laughs> what is going on here? uh, it was just a sad reaction in in some of the aspects of the church that I've seen and there's still churches operating in that fear unfortunately ultimately what are you afraid of? you're going to heaven at least that's what you say you believe you know, sudden death, sudden glory in Jesus name but we, we can't operate according to the spirit of the world not what the bible teaches we have to operate according to the kingdom kingdom principles faith and, and love and some say Jonathan you're not being very loving today Well, no I'm operating in love I'm telling you the truth love isn't always uh, 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 pleasant sometimes love is bold and sometimes love is corrective and I believe that's what God's doing today. He's he's bringing some correction not only to he's bringing it to me. I mean, it's the Bible. The Bible's Bible says that the the word of God is like a two-edged sword, sharp as a two-edged a two-edged sword. I mean, it, it pierces you and cuts you. And that's what we need to grow in Jesus' name. So the lust of the flesh, according to Romans chapter 7, verse 18 that that is intrinsic in all of us and thank God it teaches elsewhere in that book of Romans this is Paul writing to the Romans and he goes back and forth and he said what do I do? what do I do? I I want to do good but I keep on doing bad And, 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 and he realizes well Christ died for my sins, Christ has given me the Holy Spirit, he's give me his word and his direction I need to rely on him only relying on him can I resist temptation and resist the spirit of the world and the wiles of the devil as the Bible talks about the wiles of the devil let's look at the next element of the spirit of the world this is the lust of the eyes and it talked about 1 John chapter 2 verse 16 Now, we're going to look at Proverbs 2720. Proverbs 2720. So, it is definitely obvious that I'm going to pick back up on this in two weeks. And, uh, I'm going to get more into statistics, uh, specific statistics of the United States of America. That's where I live. So, um, I know there's some individuals watching me from other countries, uh, then you have your own statistics, in your own nation, and your own issues, and your own political movements, and so on and so forth. Next week, I'm going to get into, uh, or not next week, two weeks from now, I'm going to get into specific statistics about uh, different uh, elements of sin and negativity that go on in the United States of America. And then we're going to look at levels of corruption, and I'm going to give you some examples of civilizations and countries that no longer exist, and what happened to them? These are these are historical facts. Uh, there is questions about exactly you know what may have happened, but there's evidence of the very things that are going on in our nation, the United States of America, that ultimately corrupted these countries, And these civilizations, that caused them to fall. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27, I don't know if you want to call it a chapter, Proverbs twenty-seven twenty it says, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. So it's saying there when you're operating in the lust of the eyes. These are the things you see and you want. I want that. I want her. I want him. I want to be like that. I want to live there. I want to drive that. I want them to think that. The Bible says that it's never satisfied. Because ultimately it's based in hell and destruction. Because ultimately, it's it's lusting after things that God has called cursed that are ultimately going to be burned up. Your whole life is just about feeling good and getting what you want and making everybody think you're something. Think about how many people live their life that way. Uh, it's you know we're all guilty of it. Uh, As a teenager, I can remember thinking like that, you know, if I just had a certain kind of car And if I could just get so-and-so to be my girlfriend And if I can just know this person, I can run with that crowd You know how you think when you're younger But as you get older, you're supposed to grow up, you know, and get in reality But unfortunately, we got lots of people running around and they're really just teenagers in their minds and in their motivations they never did grow up. It looks like they did. while well, they got they got a huge house, they got all kinds of money. They look like uh, Ken and Barbie. The world says, "Man, you've arrived." God just shakes his head and says, "No, you haven't arrived. Not at all." That's the lust of the eyes, that's the lust of the flesh, that's the pride of life. It's not about it's not about look at me, look at me, and look at me. It's about look at him, look at him, look at him. That's what it's about. You know, and that creeps into that creeps into the church. I, I have to be careful. Because when you get online and you start, you know, you, you get people following you, listening to you, liking your stuff, messaging you you know, you got to watch, you, you, you'll get in, you'll start creeping in there, that flesh and that lusty eyes creep in there and make you start thinking that, oh, well, maybe I am somebody, wow, I mean, look what so-and-so say. look at all these messages I'm getting, look, like, you know, and you have to stay humble before the Lord and think, no, this is just, uh, uh, just people being people that are in need and you're here to minister to them and, and to love them and to give them the word of god and draw them to christ and christ will draw them to himself through the holy spirit to just a vessel god can take this all god could take this all away from me in just a matter of you know seconds if he wants to the influence that he's given me or he's given you it's your job or or with your family or whatever it may be. So we never want to get prideful that way and, and, and start operating in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. What our flesh wants, what our eyes see and want all the time, that's what the world's all about. And as Christians, we're supposed to operate in a different principle. And if you're watching me or listening to me and you're not a believer, there's a better way you can drink the brewery dry you can smoke so much pot that you got you know flames coming out of your head you can have so much sex that you know you don't know what to do with yourself Well, none of it's going to ultimately make you happy and fulfill you you can live in the biggest house and it's not going to make any difference. Let's take a look at this. I'm going to skip off of this just a second. Let's take a look at a passage of Scripture. Let me see if I've got it correct. Because, yeah, it's Mark 8, 36. About 10 more minutes. Uh, I'm going try to, to try to finish off these three aspects of the spirit of the world and then in two weeks I'll get into the nation in decline and, and give some raw statistics about some things and, and we'll look at uh, how sin spreads from the individual through generations and into nations that's what we'll talk about in two weeks Mark 8.36 this is a familiar passage For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Think about what that's saying. As a human being, and and, and you can put woman, I mean, that's, you know, it's King James vernacular. What does it profit a human being, man or woman? Sorry, there's only two genders. There's not a zillion of them. Uh, I'm not buying into that nonsense and I'm not going to talk about that nonsense on this podcast. What's it profit you as an individual if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? That's literally saying if you was the greatest being on the planet, you had control of the entire world. All of the monetary. And substances. Silver and gold. You had control of everybody. You had control. You had all the relationships you wanted to have. Friendship, sexual, whatever it may be. Anytime you wanted it. Kind of like King Solomon. you go anywhere. You owned everything. You were the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate on the planet. What good is any of that if you lose your own soul? It means nothing. (laughs) At all. But yet we got millions of people running around. Living their life that way. That is their primary focus. Their primary focus is to is living according to lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and a bright light and they just think man if I could just get this or I could just do that if I could just be this person's friend if I could just marry this person if I could just live there I could just drive a car like that if I could just have shoes like that person's God or I could make you know you know, be a famous star or I could be a famous singer or I could be a famous athlete or a famous book writer or whatever it may be a political figure I've arrived. I've been successful. According to the world standards, yeah. But not according to the Bible. (laughs) What's it profit you if you do all that and you lose your own soul? Because you're going to find out if you start living according to the word of God and and your eternity becomes more important to you than your present and others' eternity becomes more important to you than the present then you're going to start living differently. And rather than hoarding everything to yourself, you're going to be giving it out and giving it away and helping others. It's a whole different concept. The concept is, is totally the opposite of the way the world operates. The world, the world operates get all you can, can all you can get. Heap it onto yourselves, you deserve it. That's not what the Bible teaches. That Bible well the Bible does teach that, but it teaches it's the spirit of the world. It doesn't teach that that's what you want to be like. You want to live according to the word of God and the love of Christ and and eternity and have your focus on eternal things because that's all that's gonna matter. Your body's gonna age, you're gonna get old, you're gonna die. Everything you've ever touched, watched, bought, owned is going to fade away. Everyone you've ever known is going to die. And what's going to be important is going to be eternity. You say, well, I don't believe in eternity. Well, go ahead. Walk that out. Walk that out. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Unfortunately, you cross over from, from the present into eternity. There's no coming back. You know, well, well I was wrong. Okay, here, I want to start over. No, you've done crossed over. You ain't coming back. Live our, live our lives for the cause of Christ and for the goodness of God and for His purpose and His plan. I'm not going to get to the pride of life. I'll pick up on that. That'll be the last... Uh, aspect of the Spirit of the World in First John 2.16 here in a couple weeks. I will pick back up on that. Good possibility it'll be a Friday that I'll be doing that uh, That teaching. i do it like on Friday at 4 o'clock here in the two weeks. I mean, the exact date's kind of uh, I'm not exactly sure what that'll be. It'll be December goodness somewhere around, maybe around the 9th maybe December 9th all right. I might be right on that I, I will put it up on Facebook as I get that established I'll pick back up on this um, this is there's a lot to this there's a lot to be said uh, and I want to make sure I say it properly and, and give God all the opportunity to use me in the way that he desires to use me and I just pray that You've heard this word today, that it's opened up your eyes to some things. It's made you think about some things. That's important. Made you reach out to Christ. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to make myself popular. I'm not here to just run my mouth. I'm here to teach the Word of God. To teach biblical concepts. And see lives changed. And see others come to the cause of Christ. And see you grow as an individual, as a believer. That I'm growing right along with you. I'm preaching right to myself when I go through this. <laughs> the word of God. it, It's powerful. It's powerful. So I just thank you for joining me today. I want to I wanna kind of end this in prayer. Just ask God will bless you in these coming days. And use you in a mighty powerful way. That you will go back and watch this podcast listen to this podcast again whether it's on facebook youtube rumble the different uh, various audio podcast distributors across the, uh, the world and look up some of these scriptures and do a little study on it and just see you know what's going on in our, uh, our world and what's the cause of it so let's go to prayer let's ask god to bless this word and 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 anoint it and and sink it deep into your spirit in the name of Jesus, Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, for this time that you've given me to speak your word, and to speak your word in power and truth. I ask God that you that you take <clears throat> the words that I've spoken, the, the concepts that I've taught today, God, that have been according to your plan and your desire. Let them sink deep into the minds and the spirits of those who hear it, God, and may they forever be changed use each and every one God in the the days to come until we're together again in two weeks use them for your kingdom use them in a mighty powerful way God show them your plans, show them your purposes show them God the path that you desire for them to walk in use them to to meet the needs of others to cast out devils to impart the power of the Holy Spirit to do the works of the kingdom and to spread the good news of the gospel. I thank you, God, for the privilege and the honor to teach your word, to speak your word, and to live according to your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I thank you for joining me today. And uh, I'm so honored to have you here. And I know that God is going to use you in a mighty powerful way as he already is he's going to continue to use you know. be blessed my brother and sister in two weeks i'll be back to pick up on this national corruption teaching god bless